Hey guys, what's up, what's up? This is the Omni Talk Podcast. Um, I think this is... Yes, it's right. It's episode 1. No, 51. Episode 051. Just after our 50 episode special, we got some retro back. Retro Arcade Monkey. Talk about um, Arnie Donna, Filthy Frank, Ricky Gervais. That's, yeah, a lot of other things. A lot of other shit. So yeah, enjoy. Oh, there was a, what was I going to say? Something about, um, oh, when I move, I'm going to be, have like, I'll have the NBN, which is like the nat- the new, really fast internet. And it won't be with shitty Telstra because Telstra, it's like the, right here where I am in my little shitty town. It's yeah. the only decent internet. But when I'm like in a metro city area, there's so many different options that are like heaps faster. So now I'll be able to like, um, podcast recordings will be like easier and I won't fucking cut out all the time I'll be able to do some live streams um, I'll be able to upload videos faster and not spend like eight hours uploading an episode of the podcast because oh, the internet is shit fuck yeah this 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 uh, this, uh, pod, this podcast has been sponsored by MBN here um, um, what a wonderful they wonderful have a catchphrase um, I don't know the catchphrase NBN want ben, um, the internet will be Better than it was before. Trademark. It took him a while to, to come up with that one. Yeah, I think it um, might have taken like like two weeks. Then they had they had like a whole like ten person marketing team trying to think of a catchphrase for like what can we do? What's a good catchphrase for promoting the NBN? Oh, it's how about it's better than it was before? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, let's um I'll take that bloody three thousand dollar check. For that two weeks worth of work, yeah, we didn't sacri- we didn't sacrifice any babies to make this internet work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so we were talking about before Arnie Donna. Yes. Before we started recording, they're like they're one of the only sort of big Australian acts, comedy acts at all that are like you know that are sort of like you know digital based. <coughs> yes. That are that are actually decent. Like, there's hardly any other ones I can think of. I can, like yeah, like, honestly, that that are just as universally fantastic and hilarious as Auntie Donna. Like, I I got oh, introduced they, yeah. to them recently. Well, okay, no, I got introduced them to them about a couple of years ago, and it was through um, it was actually through one of their little uh, mini series that they had going on. It wasn't really a mini series, actually. It was um. It was something that they had going on. This was soon after they uh, got a deal with ABC, and um, they were like, "Hey, let's we're gonna do like a little pilot," and this was a part of the pilot. And it was called "Haven't You Done Well Four, I think. Mm. Um, and it was uh, the skit that they did where they <laughs> they were like. Oh, haven't you? Do- haven't we done well, boys? I've I found a lovely little little uh, little uh, little thing here, and it's worth five hundred million Australian dollars right here. And um, oh, they're so fucking good. Oh god, it it gets like it escalates more and more, and then it and then they like get a bunch of shovels, and then they dig the ground, and then they just find a bunch of fucking oil, and it spews everywhere, and it's like, oh, oh boy, we've found, we've struck oil, whoa, and they just, like, they, they get more pompous and more rich and 
whole hoity-toity as it goes on. It's it's comedy at its finest. They're really good. They are some bloody funny guys. They just um, what I I love their 1999 series based yeah. in the in that little office. Yes, so many good episodes in that. My God, 1999's one of like, my favorites. I love um, I love, I think it's the first episode. Called uh, the bigoted one, being bigoted, bigoted bill, workplace. bigoted bill, yes, bigoted, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, and it's <laughs> like oh, being it's extremely like, sexist, and then oh no, he's actually a very nice guy. Yeah, it's like it's no, like, oh, that's, no, that's that's this. just regular bill. Bigoted bills over there. It's like fuck the juice, fuck. Oh, it's just it's just uh, fu- it's just like oh, it's good stuff. They're really good at comedy. I love the um, I love the episode. Um, what do you think of this? Where it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so this is this, but what do you think of this? And it goes to a little dance with a little bit of music. Mm. And it's like, oh, it was. it's just it's just comedy gold. And it's like, oh, so, oh, Brandon, what do you think of this? And they show him the dance and he's like, you fucking asshole. Yes. How the fuck, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> why the fuck oh. would I like that? Why the fuck would I like? It's, it's, that's probably one of my favorite Auntie Donna jokes is where it's like, it's set up that's like, oh, this is very nice. And it's like, oh, I don't think Broden will like that. And then there's, he's like, come on. And then Broden comes in and he's like, come on, come on, come on, fellas, I'm not prude, come on. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they show him, he's like, no! And he's screaming at them. It's like, why the fuck would I like that? See, and, oh, the, I think, like, you know, if it was anybody else, like, okay, imagine that script. Imagine that script. But if it was anybody else... I don't think they'd pull it off. Like it's, it's really in the performance. It's really in the way. Like okay, if um, the way they say things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the way it's the way it's delivered is just like so fucking important. The delivery is the people- it's the most important part of it, and I think it's it's the it's how they deliver this the comedy with that kind of conviction and that much experience behind their backs with acting and um. Because they, um, because I watched a few interviews with them, and they, they, they're consistent. Even in interviews, they consistently are fucking hilarious to be around. They never take the interview seriously. Uh, they never answer any questions. <laughs> they just stick around and do their acts. It's like they, it's like they have this all scripted, all written out exactly what they're gonna do, which is act like a bunch of gay idiots. On, 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 um, it's so on, good. on camera, and it's, I mean, like, I, I watched this one interview that went on for, like, 20 minutes, and it was just them d- talking about how great the couch was, and also commenting on every single thing that was on the shelf in the background, and, um, at one point, Zach went behind and <laughs> replaced the cameraman, put the cameraman on the front, uh, on, like, uh, in front of the camera, and he was just moving the camera around, like they just took over the set entirely. And they did this without e- oh. the, without the host even realizing, and th- it was it was absolute it's it's absolute chaos. But they were the one of the few questions they did answer was like, "How did you get started from all this?" And they were like, "Yeah, we went to university and we studied drama." And that, that's that's how they did it. They all met um met at uni one day. We're like, let's let's goof around and make a comedy troupe. 
Because it's funny, like, how you actually, like, meet people that are like-minded. Like, the internet, you can do so much, but sometimes it's, like, hard to find people who are, like, really, really like-minded. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, um, oh, yeah. Not only that, but find people that you, you trust enough to just violently kiss each other on the cheek, like, in front of an audience of several hundred people like that that takes dedication that takes trust like they did oh, it really does doesn't they, it? they did they did a whole skit at the end at the uh, live at the end more they did the whole live at the end more thing and they um uh showed a bunch of live skits and usually i wouldn't want to watch any of that but i actually did it was pretty it's well worth it it's it's pretty hilarious because there's um one skit they did which was um an old skit that they did years ago, but it was um, <laughs> where Broden is, is the dad, and he comes in, and he's like, what are you boys doing here? And he's like, he's, you know, it's like, you're always playing with your Digimon cards, and you're never, you're never helping mom out with the house, what is this? And then um, he like, yells at them, he's like, oh, boys, boys, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Come, come, come give dad a kiss. And then they just start kissing each other repeatedly. And intensely <laughs> in front of the uh, this audience of several hundred people at the end more, and at one point like <laughs> at one point Zach and Mark like almost straight up just make out with each other. Jesus Christ! See that takes dedication. Yeah. That takes so much trust. Oh. Yes, um, that's true friendship. True friendship. There's, like, even some of their, like, I've seen some of their older stuff as well, and, like, their really underground stuff, and then some of their, like, really just, like, just, like, just shit they've put out that is just so good. Like, for example, there was, um, four, it was one of the shitty, just, community television stations in Melbourne, and they did some comedy special there. Like, it was, like, not, it wasn't a comedy special, you know, like, there was a few different, like, small comedians there, and Arnie Dunham were hosting, and it was just... Like this improv disaster, and it was a piece of art. It was just absolutely fantastic. I watched it on YouTube, and it's only got like what, like probably not even ten thousand views, but it's just so funny. And like, there's so many times where they break character, and it's like they just can't stop laughing because it's just like it's so tremendously bad. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's just so bad that it's good. Oh, and there was this. Oh, there was this other one. It was a. I think it was, who would it have been? I think it was, I got a feeling it was Zach. And he was on the, um, he was live streaming on Instagram while he was on the train. And he's like, people ask, oh, yeah, hey guys, ask me questions. And he's just sitting there with a blank face the whole time. And then people are saying like, oh, is there anybody else on the train with you? And he just like, with a very sad face, he just like shakes his head. This is like seven o'clock in the morning as well. And there was just something so hilarious of me getting at my phone, going to Instagram. Oh, honey Donna live on Instagram right now. And it's just Mark sitting on the train, just like answering all these like really bad questions. And it, oh, it was just so good. It was so bad. It was so good. It was so simple. God, I, I can I kind of imagine just Mark sitting very sadly on the train, just answering Instagram questions. Oh, so good. God. Like, I'd, I'd really like to do stuff, some of the stuff that Arnie Donna does. Like, even, like, I would love to do some sketch comedy. Like honestly, I don't think like, any. I, I don't think any of us could even reach the same levels, Auntie Donna. 
I don't think I don't oh, think that's possible. Like we, I, 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 I've been so influenced by Andy Donna. It's not even funny. Just by just by my mannerisms and the way I talk and like I, I've quoted Andy Donna so many times in college and no one gets the references. Of course, no one gets it. But it's every time someone doesn't get the references, I'm like, I'm so disappointed because it's so fucking good. I, I always like one of my favorite skits from them was um. Uh, haven't you done well two, I think, or, or five, I don't know. It's the one where, um, where Broden's like, oi, you're having a nice, quiet, frothy one with the lads on this Friday, offer And you just get, it gets progressively worse and worse. It's where I got some of the Australian slang from, um, from the last episode. But, yeah, it's just, it's just them fucking throwing beer on each other. And screaming for a good three minutes. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. Would you would you like to do live comedy, like Andy Donna does? Oh fuck yeah! I think that would be the most hilarious thing to ever do. But it, yeah, I have to. <coughs> I'd have to do it with someone that that I both I trust and someone that I that I really can comedically work off of. Because I feel like only I I can really work in a group. I can't really work on my own. Oh, really? Like, you don't think you could achieve the levels that, you, that you'd that you want to on your own sort of thing? No, definitely not. Um, I don't know. It's like, it, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, with these, with the people in Anidona, on their own, they're great, too. Because um, Mark Banana, uh, he uh, he did this interview with this one, uh, with this one girl in this one radio show. And um, he, he he was he was like completely on his own from Auntie Donna, and he just started giving this long, long ass story about how fucking miserable he is, <laughs> how depressing he, his whole life is. He's like, it's like, well, uh, my my go- brother got run over by a truck. It's like bringing it down to the lowest point. Like, it's so fucking horrible that it's hilarious. Because it's like he always finds a way to bring it to the most lowest point. And it was all fucking great. And it's all completely just him solo. For me, I could never do that. I could never, like, keep it going the way he did. Because um, really, if I'm going to be honest, I'm not really that great at comedy. When I'm when I'm just on my own, when I'm adding to a joke or when I'm adding to a bit, that's when I work the best, um, because I can like come up with something really quickly and improvise something really quickly, um, and have it seem more or less natural when it's not on my own. When I'm on my own and I'm improvising something, it's very difficult to pass that off as as true. Um, so I'm, I'm the exact same. I'm the exact same. Like we, were, um, the other day, Chris, Brad, and I, we were filming an episode of Marty's Mailbag. Well, we filmed a bunch of them together, and it was like I was, you know, I was, it was the first time I had been Marty on a video for a while. So I was finding my footing in that, and some of the best jokes in it were like, you know, like some of them off the top of my head was them just being there. But like one of the best jokes was, um, so Marty's on camera and he's like, you know, introduced like he's talking about something that is he's opening. And then Brad laughs in the background and he slams it down. He's like, okay, look, for some reason, this is the fans like you, but this is my show. 
Just me. You don't say a word. Just me. I reference you, and that is it. And it just pans over to Brad, and he's just, like, freaking out, like, oh, okay, Jesus Christ. And then he just goes back to the episode with a nice little elevator music. It's like little jokes, like, like some of the best jokes are based off, that I do specifically, are based off, like, somebody else's reaction or somebody else in the room. Like, that's how I feel like I would work yeah. best. Yeah. No, it's the dynamic between um, you and Brad that that helps really elevate it because without without that kind of without that kind of setup there really isn't as much going on like i compare this a lot to this is a weird comparison to make between marty's internet show but i, I i'm going to i'm going to be kind of comparing marty's internet show to pirates of the caribbean so here we go um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> So, okay, the first Pirates of the Caribbean was really good. And the whole reason why Jack Sparrow was as good of a character as he was was because he had other characters to work off of. He had, you know, he, he had um, he, he had that one guy. He had that one blonde bitch character. And he had that other blonde bitch character. Um, and he just, he had those, like, two other protagonists that took it... They were very deadpan, very serious, and very, like... They, they took the situation very seriously, and they were like, you know, oh, you better be careful, Jack. Oh, no. Um, and, you know, Jack, he didn't give a shit. Like, Jack was just drunk all the time. He, he didn't care. He never took the situation seriously, and he was just like, oh, whatever. Um... And because he had he had a juxtaposition and characters that were the opposite of that, um, there there was there, he had a bounce, he had a balance, and he had something to comedically work off of. Um, as the Pirates of the Caribbean movies went on, they got worse because you had less of those characters, and also those characters were played by complete assholes that didn't want to be in those movies so that also contributed to it and then the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie literally had none of those characters and it was just Jack Sparrow and it was boring because he didn't have a so basically what I'm saying is without your without your backers without your like your without your troop you you aren't nearly as funny because you don't have those reactions and you don't have that bounce to make it really effective and funny. See, that's when I move, that's going to be the hardest bit. Like I'm, so I'm filming the first part of, um, the first like quarter of my internet show this season. So it's four episodes. And so that's like, Brad's in that. He's, he's in that. He'll be in that every episode. Like no doubt. One episode is pretty much based on, um, Marty trying to get Brad to have sex with him on, on camera. Um, in, in some sort of attempt to become the next Kim Kardashian. But, and what, so Brad's, like, I'm not going to spoil what actually happens, but Brad's gone from the middle two quarters. And he'll come back in the last one. Like, so Brad's not, like, you know, I'll be away, like, six hours away from Brad. So it's like, shit, what am I going to do? I think I'm going to have to try and, like, either get better at being funny on my own or find somebody else who can be that sort of, it doesn't have to be the Brad, but somebody who I can bounce off on the camera. Like, of course, like, my friend Hayden, or Nate, as he is the camera, M Marty's friend behind the camera. Yeah. He can only do so much, sort of thing. 
Like that sort of character can't really do so much. So like realistically, I have to try and find somebody else to be a character in the show. You could. And I don't um, nobody. Else. I will. I don't know. You could like have one little moment where where you're like talking to the cameraman, and then there's just like this this second shot, and it's just zooming into the cameraman's face, and he's just kind of looking into the camera like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> Oh god! Like, and that just adds like that much personality to it. Like, even that could be enough. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Oh, there's, there's. I've planned. It. I'm, I'm very keen for this season because it's gonna be like something. Like, it's gonna be nothing like the first season. Sixteen episodes, a whole season long arc, which is really good. Brad returns. There's no doubt about that. But how he returns, who he's returning with, um, what happens, is a mystery. And you'll have to wait. Like, so first episode will be released like Feb, February, about that. We're filming in like a few weeks. And then the last episode of that season will be released like November. So like every two weeks, practically, there's going to be a new episode. And I'm so fucking keen to do that. Like, cause I've, like, I hated the fact that people had to wait like four weeks to see something new, but it's like, I had to do yeah, it that way. Um, Otherwise I feel like the channel was going to go there sort of thing. Yeah, in short, season two is gonna be it's gonna be good. It is gonna be good. I I really want to put out more film shit, like regular filmed shit. Actually, like one, like obviously, like I'm trying to get the schedule. I'm trying to get to is like a Marty video practically every every two weeks, like behind the scenes every every week in between, pretty much. I want to do some more like simple Marty things that I can film. One thing I wanted to do it was like a um, like let's say there's a week spare where I can release a Marty video. I wanted to do five days of Marty trying to do different challenges, like the cinnamon challenge, um, the 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 milk, the milk challenge. I don't know what the milk challenge is. You know, Marty will just chug some milk, like a whole yes. bucket of whole bottle of milk. Oh, and shit. then it's you know it's just it's Marty's attempt to try and get you know big on YouTube doing yes. those old school challenges. Uh, and he's doing he's, he's, really he's doing he's doing he's doing yeah. like the shoe nice shit where he's just like human garbage contractor he's doing like the worst things possible to his body oh my fucking god shoe nice yes jesus fucking christ he is he's a good example of who to be like for marty oh my god it just it's just disgusting actually i was thinking what i was thinking of i want marty to in a way be the next filthy frank because filthy frank is essentially gone now he's he's joji now he's just He's plain old Joji. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's not doing anything else Filthy Frank-wise, which is very sad, actually, mm. because he was doing something, like, really... Oh, not even that deep... Like, there's not many people who do that sort of absurd, absurd stuff on the internet anymore, like, at all. Yeah. And I feel I mean, like it's, Marty it's... can fill that void. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it will fill the void. Um... It is very strange seeing Joji make that kind of transition, but I kind of saw it coming because I wanted him to make that transition. I think like um, it, it's it's nice. It's it's bittersweet because while yeah we lost something really great with Filthy Frank, I think I I don't think he's abandoned the idea of Filthy Frank. I think he's still going to do those videos, but he's got almost a record deal going on, almost. And um, for what he's producing at the moment, I think it's very interesting. 
Um, what what are your thoughts on the uh, track he produced? As in the one that had the music video? Yeah, the solo that he did. I think it was it was pretty good. I thought it was quite a decent song. Like it's like it's okay. It's like it's nothing revolutionary and, what, and nothing like that. But it's like a, a pretty good sort of like R and B sort of like <coughs> lo-fi sort of thing. I really enjoyed it. Also, holy shit! I just realized he released his LP. Fuck! I didn't. It was EP. Sorry. I oh, didn't you know that? I didn't know that actually until just now when I looked them up. Oh my god. I can oh, think it's okay. If I look you, at if if I look at it, oh, what's it called? Joji, it's Joji. Oh, what's the fucking EP called? It's something. Um. Oh, let me try. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. A Chloe Burbank. It was. Um, oh, not that. That's that's the old one, isn't it? That's his old old EP. I don't know. I, I he re- he released he released one just like uh, a week ago. With that new music, like with the new music video, and like about six tracks called In Tongues. He released it through. Well, he's on. He's with um, 99 Rising, I think it is. Is it right or is it Rising 99? Now I'm fucking forgetting. No, no, no. It's it's, it, no, it's Rising 99, I think. No, 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 no. You were right. 99 Rising. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 99 Rising. Because um, they are also the. I guess the agency of. Rich Chigger. Have you heard of Rich Chigger? No, haven't actually. Oh, Rich Chigger is so fucking good. Um, he's this Indonesian rapper. He's he's only eighteen years old. He only just turned eighteen recently. And he got big off this song called Oh, what was it called? Dat Stick. And basically he's wearing this like this pink polo shirt and he's wearing this little fanny pack and it's I can't remember what the context of the song is, but it's like really comedy based. And it's like a trap comedy song. And that's how he started. And then he'd like, oh, like, so he released that like 2016. And that same year he was in fa- songs with like Ghostface Killer and like released all these songs that went on the charts. And then this year he released one with XXX Tenacious and oh, 21 Savage. He released a song with like really recently, like all these huge hip hop artists. And he's only fucking 18. Jesus. And it's, by the way, it's 88 Rising. It's not 99 Rising. I don't know how I got that wrong, because I should know that. Oh. How the fuck did I not but even question, to, question it? I don't know. Yeah, Who the fuck no. knows? But <laughs> I want to talk about Filthy Frank. Um, were, have, have you been, were you always a fan of Filthy Frank, or was he just somebody who, like, you know, you occasionally watched sort of thing? Um, I think it was about a year ago when I discovered Filthy Frank, and... Only it was only then that I that I really started watching his content. I think it was when um of course my the, one of the first Filthy Frank videos I watched was the Weeaboos one. That was the that was yes. the one that really attracted me to his content. I think like it was it was a bunch of other shit after that, um, that I just binge watched as much of his content as possible. Uh the Chinchin sacrifice videos were just wonderful. I, I would watch everyone's sacrifice videos just to see what the fuck kind of crazy shit people could do um not just like filthy frank but like other people's um that's where i discovered max mofo and uh, i realized that i'd actually watched max mofo's videos way before filthy frank and same with um same with uh uh what was his name (laughs) how to basic 
Like I'd watched Hatsu Basic when I was a little kid, so it was strange seeing him work with Filthy Frank. Um, that was where I discovered Idubs as well through Filthy Frank. And um, yeah, same with me. Yeah, it was the uh, it was the hair cake <laughs> shit. And um, oh, not, fuck me. Well, not just hair cake. It was um, a few others. It was a, the the human cake as well. Vomit, I think. The, no, yeah, vomit and there was vomit cake as well. Oh, vomit cake! Good lord. I think, because um, I, I, I remember showing my mother the vomit cake video as, I, I'm not sure why I would do that, but I, I just did. I was, I'm a pretty sick human being, as you can clearly tell. And uh, <laughs> so she just kind of watched it and was just, just disgusted in me. Um, and <laughs> she was like, why? Why, Filthy Frank, why? Why? And He's released a lot of very iconic videos. Yeah, I think. And like, I love the. Too. It's just a prank one. Oh, and the music too is just brilliant. The music is like it really is, the music that is is part of what really really attracted me to his content. Like, um, uh, the friend zone song is one of my favorites. Where he's like, it it's just, is such, yeah. there's a such thing as a friend zone, friend zone. The only reason that you're lonely is because you're fat and gay. It's so bad. It's it's just so bad and so good. Yeah. Like there was just it's there was something really amateur. Like it's funny. He's one of the biggest channels, just in general, who still had for a long time until just like sort of like a year ago that his pro- the production of it was like horrible, sort of thing. Yeah. Like you know, it's like very amateur editing, very amateur camera work, not very good quality in the in the camera either. And he's like got all the he's fucking huge. Absolutely huge. Over 5 million subscribers. And he's like, I don't know, I think I only really was familiar with his content when he had like 2, 2 million. So seeing him like rise up this high is so surreal, even even now. Um, and I think with Joji, when um, that transition, going back to it, like um, I think I, I discovered Joji's music... Um, Really, I think uh, a few months after I discovered Filthy Frank, I went into his SoundCloud and I heard. Um, so I, I I just decided to look through some of his music and and then I and then I clicked one song and the first thing I heard was just this. And then that inspired me to pick up the ukulele uh, more and play that more. And then I was like. Uh, listening to it over and over again, and I was like, "This is fucking beautiful." Uh, how can this man, uh, such such a such a weird fucking human being, make such a beautiful piece of music? And I was like, "It's crazy, isn't it?" Yeah, and not only that, but it's the simplest fucking piece of music ever, because it's four chords, and it's and literally the first chord is just. Nothing. You don't do anything. It's just all open strings. All strings. That's it. Is it really? Yeah, that first chord is just... And then the second chord is just one finger, one string, one fret. And that's it. And how he's able to write something so simple and make it sound so beautiful with just a... With such a simple backing. Backing track and rain and... 
even like little crowds in the background, little bits of atmosphere, and he's so good at it. And then it's juxtaposed with fucking autistic screaming and bald-headed men with spitting chocolate out. It's really a beautiful thing. And that was when I truly fell in love with Joji's work. And I, I and it's not and it's not really an obsession. It's just a massive amount of reverence for for the man. And what he's doing now, I'm I'm really glad he's doing because he gets to really output that kind of beauty. Um, but I, I don't think he's left Pink Guy at all, and I don't think he's left Filthy Frank, because he still, um, he still does, like, the, the Pink Guy shows, and he still awkwardly performs in them, so. Does he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, occasionally. Um, <coughs> he's, he's doing a lot less now, but yeah, um, he hasn't abandoned the character, he's just needing to take a small break from it. Um, I also found out he's doing a Asia tour. With a bunch of the guys from 88 Rising. Um, Is he really? Yeah, he's doing a, a tour in somewhere in China, I think, in certain places in, of Asia. Um, no, nowhere near here, obviously, so he's just keeping it keeping it near his country. Um, there's something, like, it's so simple. Like, even his new stuff, like... I can imagine, like, there's only, like, three layers of music in there. Like, you know, there's the simple beat, and there's, you no know, some simple chords or whatever in the background, and then just his layer of vocals, and then his layer of backing vocals, and then maybe, like, one more layer of, like, you know, just something else in there that makes it come together. Yeah. But nothing huge, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's something they're very, they're very amazing understated. about something being so simple. Yeah, they're incredibly understated, and they, they they don't say, "Oh, I'm here." They're like, "Hey, I'm here, guys." I guess it's it's very reflective of his personality as well, because he's very he's a very reserved person, and um, in in a very kind of, I guess, you know, he's 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 just like he's he's chill, he's he's chill and he's there, and I think that's the music that he writes is also very deeply personal. Um, and he puts a lot of, a lot of himself in it. Um, and as for Pit Guy, it's just sort of his way of throwing out all the worst shit he can think of off the top of his head. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's simple. It's very basic. But when you, when you really dissect the actual work put into it, it's actually pretty surprising. Even the Filthy Frank tracks, they're pretty layered. Um, it doesn't seem it, but they are. Um, I think one of the one of the be- best examples of how he layers uh, his tracks as well is um you know the um uh what was it you know the uh, fuck the police cover he did mm. yeah it was like a really awful ukulele cover um but when you listen to it you're thinking okay this is shit. But actually, it's not really that bad because he puts a lot of harmonies in it. He actually puts vocal harmonies into it, and it sounds fucking good. Like, he has a really good control of his voice because he has the one layer of the audio that's that's high. And not only is it high, but it's actually, it's, it sounds good because it, it complements his lower range and the, the other two low range he adds to it. And it sounds strangely beautiful. 
for such a shit, a shit posty cover. And I think it's same same goes for his main music because um because the way he, um yeah he layers his his voice with um he he layers his vocal tracks with harmonies. And he's really talented when it comes to doing adding harmonies. He knows his shit. See, I really want like because I've always wanted to do comedy music as well, and like I've sort of began. So like I bought my little keyboard. Where is it? It's a it's a little launch key mini, and it cost me like oh, something like two fifty, three hundred dollars. I just used money that I got for Christmas, for not Christmas, my birthday. So I, just, I bought this thing, and I was just messing around with chords and messing around with um, what's the fucking um, program? Ableton. Messing around with Ableton, and I wanted it because I wanted to do. I actually wanted to do a song for each episode for Marty. That was the original plan, and I'm like, holy shit, maybe I'm <coughs> reaching out a bit much because you know I'm not very experienced with doing music either. And like, okay, let's do one single for each quarter of Marty. And you you heard the um? Did you see the preview of the song that I wrote for um for Marty? I think I put it on Instagram, yes, and Facebook, yes, and Twitter. Yes, I a bit. saw it. It was like, and you fucked me. You fucked me. It was so hard. Yeah. See, it was it was so simple. And okay, I don't know. I think I've ta- I don't know if I've mentioned it at all to anyone, but the chords are just. I want it's some Coldplay song, yes. and the chords are mixed around and sort of changed around slightly, and it's like played a bit differently. And so there's a whole, there's a whole, there's two um, verses and the chorus, and then you just the chorus over and over again, and then there's a final little dingle dingle. It's like because I'm very, I'm very inspired by um, by Filthy Frank, and especially I was really inspired like that song. Like it's so serious. It's so serious in tone, but, like, the message is, you fucked me, which is obviously, like, you know, not very serious whatsoever. Yeah. And I was really inspired by one specific song from South Park's, um, the movie from South Park, and I don't think it was in the movie itself, I think it's in the credits, but I used to listen to it all the time on the soundtrack. Now, let me just try and find it, because it was so fucking good. Um, ah, that's what it was called. It was... Uh, it was by Michael McDonald, who's this, um, oh, he's some sort of musician, like, he's done music for, he sang with Steely Dan back in the day, and all these different yeah. other, collaborated, all these big, like, with Van Halen, and, um, all these other big bands, Aretha Franklin, for example, and he did a song called Eyes of a Child, that was in the credits, and it was, like, it was just so serious, and it was, like, so well produced, and, like, the chorus is, like, in the chorus, he says, life is kind of gay, but it doesn't have to be, but it doesn't have to be that way through the eyes of a child. And it's just like this, like a stupid, fu- like stupid fucking lines all the way through. And I really want to do something like that for that episode of Marty, because the scene that that's going to be in is so emotional, but it's like, it sends the message that, well, somebody got fucked really hard and it, and it hurts. And Marty is really hurt. I like how, I like how you yeah, set the really... song up too. It's like a wolf in sheep's clothing, the hand you've been holding, you threw it all away. And then it's just the rest of it's just, yeah, you fucked me, fucked me. Um, it's over and over again. Oh, it's so good. And, he, and the ima- imagining just Marty just ser- very seriously and very sadly playing that while he's <laughs> pouring his heart out about how how this person fucked him, just <laughs> the whole song. Oh. And I like I I plan I want to record that as like the highest quality I possibly can. 
because I've got a feeling that it's just going to be... It's just going to be funny. Oh, God, yeah. It's just, like, something that people want to listen to. It's like, um, have you seen... Uh, like, no Have doubt. you seen um, Ricky Gervais's, uh, or David Brent's Life on the Road? No, I haven't. I've seen bits and pieces of the trailer and stuff like that, but no, nothing, yeah. nothing much. I haven't actually seen it either, but I've listened to the soundtrack and, um, and interviews about it. And, um, Ricky Gervais, when he's talking about it, he, uh, he's talking about the music and how he how he wrote it and how he worked on it. The songs are shit. He knows that. But as the character he was writing them, and as as the character, he poured his goddamn life and soul into these songs. To to and, and not only that, but he performed them with such conviction that he believed like all of this. He believed the cringe. And and so he made um you know, life on the road, which is like you know, um, he, he was singing about like driving a very, you know, forty-eight miles per hour, but never more. Like lyrics that are just so cringy, but they just kind of work <laughs> because of the character, like life on the road. That song that he wrote was just, um, or Slough actually is the big one. Slough is like the saddest piece of music ever written because it literally is just David Brent singing about how great of a place Slough is. By the way, Slough sucks. It is the worst it's the worst <laughs> place in England. It's I've been to Slough. It is a shithole. Um it, it makes you want to kill yourself. Um it's a workplace. It's 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 um it's basically like Detroit in America. Or, um, mm. what's the worst place in Australia for you guys? Um, oh, I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of anything. Oh, There's so many oh fucking I got one. Tasmania. It's like that. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's like that for you guys. Uh, Slough is a dump, and, and no one here likes it. Like, you, you go over there, it's it looks bad. It looks like a trash heap. But David Brent... He's singing about Slough like it's like oh it gets a lot of it gets a lot of bad rep but it's a really good town it's my town it's my kind of town Slough and <laughs> and and it's like it's just funny for how sad it is because he's he's praising a town that's just so barren and pointless and not only is he singing about it but he's but he's singing with it with such love and care and commitment that it's hilarious because you don't. <laughs> Because no one else would, <laughs> and and it, it's funnier when you know that Ricky Gervais he really did like write all of this music with like his care because he wanted he because he really got into the David Brent character, <laughs> and I feel like he's, so, he's such a good actor, isn't he? Yeah, because he 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 gets into these joke characters to the point where you know the David Brent awkwardness seeps through. Um, because I remember, yeah, have you ever seen the, uh, David Brent guitar tutorials? No, I don't think I have. Oh, those are good too. Um, because he never teaches you how to play guitar in them at all. Um, that's part of it as well as part of what's so funny about him is that it, it's one of the reasons I got into guitar as well through those fucking shit videos because they, because <laughs> it's just, it's Ricky Gervais in character as David Brent trying to teach you how to play guitar. And instead, he just plays his own music. 
and it's really bad. Because <laughs> he gets a rapper involved oh, at God, one that's... point. He gets like he gets like a Jamaican English rapper from London over, and he just raps about like oh, Jesus some girl. <laughs> it's like some oh, random, some random really bad oh. freestyling. And then Ricky Gervais attempting to sound Jamaican, like attempting to sing a Jamaican um, hook, and it sounds so bad. Oh fuck me! He's he's just such a good, he's just such a good actor, and he plays it so well. Yes. Like he's really good at like if all of his other shows that he's put out as well. Like I'm sure I can't think of any of them off the top of my head for for the life of me. Ricky Gervais, he's done... Oh, there was one he did... Uh, there's the extras, was, The oh, Office. Fuck. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, there was yeah, the, in, the Invention of Lying as well, which was a big one. He did that. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. And he's he's a big podcaster as well. I didn't realize that. Like You didn't know? He's... <laughs> no, I had no idea. Oh, his podcast is one of the biggest, I think. It's, it's the one that really... Um, Kickstarted the joke of Carl Pilkington. I I don't know if, if you're familiar with the Carl Pilkington joke. N- no, I'm, I'm not. You're not. Oh my god, you have a no. lot to learn today in this podcast. Um, in this in this episode of this uh, on Wii podcast. Okay, so Carl Pilkington. Um, it was the Ricky Gervais's podcast. Um, consisted of three people. Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and Carl Pilkington. Um, this, this, the, these three people fueled single-handedly one of the most hilarious podcasts of all time. I implore you to listen to the podcast and watch the Ricky Gervais show um, animated series. It is some of the most hilarious bit of comedy and audio you will ever listen to in your life. Um... Just primarily for listening to Carl Pilkington say the dumbest things and most hilarious things ever said by a human. Um, he is he is a he is a very strange man. He is a you see he is what Ricky Gervais calls a bald headed monkey twat. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Oh and Jesus Christ! He calls him. He calls him like a fucking. He says he has a head like a fucking orange, and that's the running joke is that he just tor- torments him and takes the piss out of him in every conceivable way. Oh fuck! Is it, do you, um so before we end up because I need to go like shit and piss probably at the same time. Fair do enough. you have any podcasts that you recommend? Um. Well, yeah. There's the Ricky Gervais podcast, and then there's uh. I, I, I would say uh, thought can, but that's only because I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you egotistical fucking prick. This has been On We Talk, a We Are On We production hosted by me, Matthew Winter. You can find more episodes of our show on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play, as well as on our website, onwe.tv, which is E N N. UI.tv and at youtube.com slash onwetv1.